1: Shannon Sharp is reeling from rumors that he's gay. I'm gonna to explain to you how he's got the wrong advisors, the wrong disciples, the wrong mentors. He's bowing to the matriarchy, and that's why his reputation is being brutalized by a lot of black comedians. Great show plan for you. Stick around. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I'm Jason Whitlock, your host. Thank you for joining me. Awesome show planned for you today. Happy Wednesday. Uh, We'll have some Tennessee Harmony with Virgil Anthony and Gabriel Wrench. Gabriel is uh, our friend with uh, Chalk Knox and from Cross Politics, our friend from Idaho. He's in town. He's gonna join us for Tennessee Harmony. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Good Ranchers. Fall in love with beef, chicken, and seafood all over again by subscribing to GoodRanchers.com. Use my promo code FEARLESS to get $240 in free bacon with your order. Uh, Tiffany, uh, I don't know if she can hear me, but Tiffany, yes, you can hear me. Come walk in here. Tip, Walk in here. Come on in. Tiffany, uh, we need to order Good Ranchers so that I can get the $240 in free bacon here to the studio, so could we order uh, Good Ranchers this week? Thank you very much, all right, thank you. Uh, That's all I needed. Uh, Let me uh, get to this fire. Uh, And this fire starter's gonna define our Tennessee Harmony discussion as well. Um, And as I told you, it's about Shannon Sharp, but I need you to stick with me as I unpack this and provide a little context for you to understand me. As a child, I idolized my sister, Yolanda. I'm reluctant to refer to her as my stepsister, uh, but my dad remarried when I was very young. Yolanda and Archie, my stepmom's kids, became as dear to me as my favorite human being on the planet, my brother James. I was the baby of the bunch. Yo-Yo, as we called her, is six years older than me. A straight A student, Yo-Yo was the smartest person I knew. She was independent and entrepreneurial. She was beautiful. For a year or so, she dated my favorite athlete of all time, Magic Johnson. I can remember eavesdropping on their phone conversations in the early 1980s. Yo-Yo made me believe I could accomplish anything because I watched her put herself through college, start small businesses, land corporate jobs, connect with important people, and buy a condo and an expensive foreign car, all before turning 30. Yo-Yo was my version of Oprah Winfrey before anyone ever had heard of Oprah Winfrey. When I think about the inspiration of my career, I credit it to three women. One, my grandmother, Lovie Kennedy. She planted the seeds of Christianity in my heart and soul. Two, my mother, Joyce Whitlock. She provided a stable home and environment that allowed me to blossom. Three, Yo-Yo. She opened my eyes to all that I could achieve through hard work and education. I bring this up because I'm very critical of the matriarchal culture that dominates the American black experience. My critique can come across as if I'm arguing that black women are a detriment to black men. They're not, not when they play the right roles in a family and in society. My contention is that women are being placed in the wrong roles. They've been baited into thinking they can do it all. They can be mother and father, sister and brother, inspiration and top advisor. This all came to my mind uh, this week when I watched football legend turned prolific podcaster. Shannon Sharp discuss his recent controversies with comedians Mike Epps, Corey Holcomb and Eddie Griffin. The trio of comedians have been cracking jokes about Sharp's sexuality, asserting that Sharp is gay. Sharp and Epps exchange threats across social media before finally settling their differences. Sharp, 55, has repeatedly pointed to his sister as his top confidant, his most trusted advisor. This is all inappropriate and it's likely why rumors about Sharp's sexuality have surfaced. Let me play you a, just a taste, shot number one of Shannon talking about conferring with his sister.
2: Next to my grandma, Hmm. I probably listen to her probably more than my own mom, right? Because right. that's how close me and my sister are. And I gave her my word. I ain't finna beef with nobody else. I ain't finna beef with nobody else. Nah. Wait, uh, no. you can't do that.
0: You can't. You can't do that. Nah, uh, oh, Joe, I, wait, I think me, the me thing for me.
1: Wait. More than a year ago, Sharp began promoting the fact that he'd hired a gay wardrobe stylist to work exclusively with him. Russell Hollywood Simpson. The stylist had been famous for being the secret lover of former NFL safety, Kerry Rhodes. Women, particularly black women, love being BFF with gay men. A female advisor would be far more prone to co-sign Sharp parading around Los Angeles and at Lakers games with his gay stylist. A male advisor might have warned Sharp about the consequences for his heterosexual reputation. I I wanna... St- stop here and just marinate for a moment. Shannon Sharp made a business decision to parade around with Hollywood Simpson. Hollywood Simpson's reputation well-established from the Carry Road situation and his relationship with a couple of other black professional athletes. Knowing all of this, Shannon Sharp made a business decision that you know what, I'm going to front and center my gay stylist, Hollywood Simpson. I'm going to front and center a gay stylist who has been connected to publicly with several former professional football players. Why do I call that a business decision? Because anyone familiar with how Hollywood and the entertainment industry works. Anyone who has wet their finger and stuck it in the air and figured out how corporate culture works in America over the past decade knew that the wind is blowing in the direction of everybody who calls themselves an ally of the LGBTQ. If you're down with the Alphabet Mafia, corporate America and Hollywood love you. They will promote you, they will support you. This was a business decision that Shannon Sharp made that I'm going to enhance my career as an entertainer by partnering with a gay stylist and sitting courtside with him at Lakers games putting out videos of how close we are. Shannon shouted, him when Shannon left Undisputed, Shannon Sharp went on and on and on about Hollywood Simpson, his gay stylist. This is a business decision. People love to talk about dog whistles. This was a dog whistle, or a cat whistle, or it was a whistle, it was a bat signal, it was a smoke signal. Up into the universe, all throughout Hollywood, Oh, Shannon Sharp, he's an ally. He, he, he cre- whether he wanted to or not, he created the impression, I'm down for the play. If, if, if this is what it takes to make it in Hollywood, I'm willing to play that game. Now, Shannon wants to walk all the way from that and say, hey, I'm not gay and you know these rumors are outlandish and, and these comedians cracking jokes. Shannon put it all in play as a business decision. And so when he went to his advisors, they recognized, hey, this is good business. If you're tight with someone who's out and homosexual or, it, at, at, you know, best case scenario, if you were out and let everybody know you were bisexual. This would all be good for you, bottom line, bank account, business decision. Just keep that in mind as I continue forward. Now, let's move to, for a different reason, but same conversation, Stephen A. Smith, another high-profile media member who constantly talks about his sister being his top advisor. I'm sure some of it is virtue signal, uh, but you know, modern feminized culture requires men to install women in high advisory positions to avoid looking misogynistic. It's a byproduct of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, I wanna play you a clip. I think it's, it's this is just one uh, clip of just Stephen A talking about his, stop number two, talking about his sister. He's introducing his sister. Play play shot number two and three back to back because it's Stephen A. Smith and his sister interviewing Kiki Palmer. Play the clips.
3: This is my sister, Carmen. Come here, girl. Come here, girl. How you doing, baby? Fine. See, I had her come here today. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is what I do. When I'm watching my games, I like to eat while I'm watching my games. That's what people want to do. Sis, what did you cook for me? All right. We got some lasagna. We got some veggie sticks. We got salad, the chicken wings. We got breadsticks, chocolate chip cookie, all your favorites, and lemonade. Okay, lemonade. And some more. As I requested. Yes. Do y'all see why I love her so much? <laughs> if my woman went out in public with a booty exposed, what would my mother have said and what would my sisters have said? If your woman went out with their booty exposed. That's right. For one thing, that wouldn't have happened because you wouldn't have let her come out the front door. Okay. It's, kind of, <laughs> it's kind of true. It's kind of true. But tell you can see. Yeah, go ahead. And then if you went on to say something publicly about it and tweet it on social media no. about it, Ma would have a problem
1: with that. So those are. Fine clips, But if you remember when Stephen A uh, had his meltdown about me and fat bastard and piece of doo and all that other stuff, who did he say he had to call and get the approval of or clear it with? His sister, among others. This is a very, this is another dog whistle to everyone. That it, it's not the Alphabet Mafia dog whistle. It's the matriarchal dog whistle. Hey man, I'm, you know, I got women that I rely on, that advise me, that are in my camp. You gotta, we gotta make this all public and we gotta let everybody know, hey, I'm not a sexist pig. I'm not really into male leadership. I'm into equity and inclusion and diversity. And my sister's my right-hand man. This is all harmful. Male spaces, from Boy Scouts to golf clubs to locker rooms, have been integrated in the name of inclusion. It's a mistake. I loved and respected my grandmother. She has now passed. I love and respect my mother and sister. They're not my advisors. They're my inspiration. They're my why. I seek the counsel of men. For better and worse, my father, now deceased, and brother, have had the most impact on my life. I say that with no disrespect to my grandmother, mother, or sister. But it's just facts. My dad instilled in me a victimless, cast-down-your-bucket mentality that drives me to this day. My brother models the kind of commitment to family that I aspire to when I need advice I turn to my brother and other Christian men. I do not doubt the intelligence of women. My sister is as smart as anybody I know. My mother is as wise as anybody I know. But I doubt their instincts and willingness to defy the world in obedience to God. Safety and prosperity rank too high on their priorities list. Safety and prosperity compel a level of compromise that has led to the pervasive chaos prevalent in America today. Shannon Sharp, the big tough football legend. He pleased the world and won the support of the entertainment power brokers by making himself a public ally of the Alphabet Mafia. A Christian man would have warned Shannon that his kids, and his reputation would suffer the consequences of that choice. That's my fire starter. Because you know, we didn't play the video, but like, Shannon Sharp, when he's been beefing with these comedians and nearly came to blows or threatened violence towards Mike Epps, at some point he figured out, and when Corey Holcomb and then Eddie Griffin, all these people piled on at some point Shannon Sharp figured out, like, my kids are calling me about this. Like, Daddy, what's up? Are you gay? What's going on? Are you in Hollywood? blah. blah? He hadn't thought this through, and now he's starting to figure out the consequences of the choices he's made, of the business decisions he's made. A man, in my view, particularly a Christian man, would have helped him to see the risk far in advance, and perhaps he would have made a different decision. But there are consequences. My argument is not that You should run away, disavow, uh, treat poorly the Alphabet crew. But before you make them part of your front and center uh, reputation, your public profile, you better think through the consequences and ask yourself, do you want to deal with that? If you're Heterosexual reputation is as important to Shannon as he's pretending that it is. That you make a different set of decisions. And and at some point, Shannon during all of this uh, really exposed his hand and it's why I'm having this conversation. And this is Sot number six. I I wanna play this for you. Because it underscores this is all a business decision. Everything that's been transpiring with Shannon Sharp has been a business decision. And my argument is he has the wrong advisors. But let's play SOT number six.
3: First
2: of all, them saying I'm gay and this or that, it ain't affecting my bottom line. I'm, I'm gay. I've been happy for, for years. It don't it ain't affecting my bottom line. Now, if it'll start to affect my bottom line. Right. And I'm gonna see. I'm gonna make y'all put. I'm gonna put you make you put your cards on the table. Yeah, it ain't gonna that's be what no gonna flush either. You ain't gonna. You ain't I'm gonna make you put no your flush. cars on the table. But that don't bother me. It's that you lied, and you didn't
1: have to? See, this is what I'm talking about. The the you lied, but you didn't have to. That he's pretending. That's what bothered him. This is that's him talking about Mike Epps and pretending that Mike Epps saying that Shannon Sharp reached out to him to be in on Club Shay Shay. that's what, and that was a lie because Mike Epps reached out to Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp saying that that's what's at the heart of this whole feud and dispute. That's a lie. That's not what's at it. That's not at the heart of it. It's the rumors, and that's why this has continued on, and he's had to circle back, and he's had to address Corey Holcomb, and he's had to address Eddie Griffin, and he had to, he had to go make peace with Mike Epps because he, he talked way too out-of-pocket then, but it's all about his sexuality. And as he just told you there, you can call me gay as long as it doesn't affect my bottom line. I don't care. And that's an indication of he did this whole gay thing, primarily either Either he came out of the closet as bisexual or he wanted to make sure everybody knew he was an ally of the Alphabet Mafia for financial gain. And he's only going to be upset about it is if it boomerangs and doesn't have the impact that he thought and which he's now figuring out because he's becoming a laughing stock among men, among comedians among heterosexual men. And it it's, it's, looks like he cut the Hollywood deal that Cat Williams has been talking about, that I have been talking about, that many people whose eyes have been wide open, whose scales have come off their eyes, has, has been, can see clear as day. The only way to make it in that industry is to be sexually fluid. And so now he's upset that the wind seems to be blowing a different direction, and this is starting to damage his brand, and now he wants to walk it back. And now he wants, I'm not gay, and now he's fired Hollywood Simpson. And he's talked publicly about that. And this is and this is why I'm bringing uh, the ministers, uh, Virgil and Anthony, and Gabriel Rich, who's a very strong Christian. Uh, I'm bringing them into this conversation, is it, it, because my contention is God's truth is undefeated, and so what looks good on the surface and what works right now, and what's working right now is, oh God, I'm the greatest ally of the LGBTQ. Oh, I'm just I'm pro. Uh, Alphabet Mafia, you guys can be my best friends, you can be my allies, you can be my, my confidant. you can be my stylist, you can tell me how to dress, you can tell me when, when to cross my legs, uncross my legs, when to bend over, when not to bend over. You can do it all. That's working right now in the world. But in the long run, it doesn't work. And the next thing you know, your kids and family and people that you respect are looking at you. With a side eye. It does not work. Not over the long run. You may, the devil, and the world may give you some instant gratification. But you will pay a price for that. And that price may not be discussed as publicly as it is being discussed right now with Shannon Sharp. You may pay that price in private. When you have to live with yourself. And the decisions that you made, and the compromises that you made in order to put an extra zero on your bank account. At some point, a man's word and reputation has to matter. And it's all spelled out in the Bible how you can protect your words, your reputation, your standing with God. And then you can choose to defy it and choose to, 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 to be defiant of, of God. You will pay a price and if you seek the counsel of women constantly, women, and again, it's not because they're terrible, they're just different. They don't take bullets. They're not meant to take bullets. They have a womb to protect. Their nature, their instinct is very protective. It's geared towards safety. It's geared towards compromise. But as men, we're supposed to take bullets and draw a line in the sand and say, hey, we're not going any further than this because we know there is a God and there's a price we will have to pay for crossing this line. And all these lines we've crossed are why children are more vulnerable right now than at any point in my lifetime, at any point that I can remember or find in history books where children are This unprotected, this sexually exploited. It's because we haven't drawn a line in the sand. It's because we want to compromise and choose safety and prosperity over obedience to God. Who's in our ear whispering this to us? Don't draw that line. Baby, you know what we could do with that extra money? And, and, you know, you're not gay. You just pretending to be gay. To get this check, it ain't nothing wrong. Who, who's whispering that in our ear? How did we even get to a point where, again, men can't gather in small groups and as friends and as men and hold each other accountable and advise each other on, hey, how can we be obedient to God while taking care of our financial responsibilities and and, and all of that? Because, again, who's going to help us understand? Like God's going to provide everything. We can't gather as men, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And you gotta have a woman in every space, or you're a sexist pig, or you're what's wrong with America. It's a mistake, gentlemen. Uh, We'll continue the conversation uh, with our crew from Tennessee Harmony. Uh, Before we do that, guys, I wanna talk to you about nugenics. Are you the same guy you were 10 years ago? I'm not, but I'm getting closer. Uh, One day you wake up and realize you didn't have the same energy, the same lean muscle mass, or the get up and go in the bedroom that you used to have. As we age, we lose testosterone. They call it the man hormone. I call it the fire. But there's a real solution. The powerful testosterone booster in Nugenix Total T. This stuff has really helped me. It has relit my fire, it has helped me lose weight, it's given me the energy I need to get through my workouts and exercise, it's made me a better man. Dugenix Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock and re-energize your life. Prove it to yourself risk-free. Try Dugenix Total T before you buy. There's nothing to lose and everything to gain. New energy, muscle, drive, even more passion. Get your complimentary sample when you text 231231 and enter the keyword fearless. Nugenics Total T's Power Boost is backed by clinical studies and real science. Nugenics key ingredients like Testofen have been shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. In other words, it's based in science and it works. Don't be misled. Most products you use all generic ingredients that aren't close to clinical grade. But with Nugenics Total Tea, you get premium key ingredients at the same powerful clinical potency levels used in trials. And Nugenics formulation is backed by years of science and research. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231231 and enter the keyword fearless. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo-X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fast fat fast, and get lean fast. Absolutely free. That's 231-231, enter the keyword FEARLESS. Text 231-231, keyword FEARLESS. Texting enrolls you into the reoccurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. The number one doctor recommended brand by primary care physicians based on an independent survey conducted by IQVIA 2022. Tennessee Harmony, next. Hello, fearless army. I'm Jason Whitlock, your leader. I'm going to spend 2024 discussing growth and sacrifice. Hard times are here. Harder times are coming. What has stopped American growth and caused a regression in fundamental freedoms and values? A lack of sacrifice. Our ancestors sacrificed for our benefit. We have not sacrificed to protect the progress they died for. No sacrifice no freedom. What impedes man's willingness to sacrifice? His ignorance, his perversion, his pride, his ingratitude, and his cowardice, his rejection of God. The Bible is a story about the power and the necessity of sacrifice. Sacrifice is the sun, rain, and fertilizer of growth. Growth is our life purpose, Grow in the knowledge, wisdom, fear, obedience, and reverence To the most high growth requires sacrifice will be our theme for roll call 2.0 this summer june 1 right back here in nashville we're excited to welcome you let me spend a minute explaining what g-r-o-w-t-h actually stands for for us in the fearless army the g is for game plan in order to properly grow it's essential We work from the strategic game plan spelled out in the Bible. The R, responsibility. As we grow as men, we understand and accept our responsibilities to God, family, and teammates. The O, ownership. We embrace ownership of our destiny. Outsiders do not determine our fate. The W, wisdom. We honor, value, and share the wisdom imparted to us by elders, coaches, and leaders. The T, trust. We must be worthy of trust. The reliability of a man's word defines him far more than popularity and material possession. The age, humility, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. That's straight from Proverbs 22 and four. Come join us in Nashville as we talk about growth and sacrifice and how without sacrifice, there will be no growth. Roll Call 2.0, right here in Nashville. Saturday, June 1st. Free at last, free at last. Thank Thank God Almighty, we're free at last. You know, I got the first bill that I want to suggest for these guys. I want some twerk legislation. Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. I want some weight restrictions placed on who can twerk publicly.
2: What's your name? That Amy usually sat on the ground. Ooh.
1: I think seriously, there should be some tax. If you're twerking and you're over 150 pounds and shorter than five foot four, there should be some sort of tax you have to pay. Twitter account. Only Rosie O'Donnell. The twerk bill would be the (laughs) first thing I hope this task force addresses. You've been asking to see more from Phil Robertson and his family, and we listen. Cooking with Phil, Miss Kay, and the family has always been one of your favorite parts of the shows, and that's why we brought you more of it. It's time to go from dynasty to dining with the new hit show, Cooking with the Robertsons available exclusively to Blaze TV subscribers. This show features Phil, Jace, Al, and others showing off their favorite recipes, cooking up a mess of delicious food, and dipping into godly wisdom in the way only the Robertsons can. It turns out family recipes and family values really do pair well together. So grab yourself a plate and pull up a chair, just don't forget to say grace before you dig in, This show is only available if you have a subscription to Blaze TV. So if you don't have one yet, head over to blazetv.com, use the promo code ROBERTSON30 to get $30 off your first year. But hurry, because this code won't last for long. That's blazetv.com, Robertson30 to get $30 off your subscription and start streaming Cooking with the Robertsons. Now, let's get to Tennessee Harmony. Alright, welcome back. Uh, time for a little Tennessee Harmony. We have a special guest. Gabe, Gabriel Wrench is here from Cross Politics, great friend of the program, great friend of Chocolate Knox, who Dave Shannon, who you see on the show. Anthony and Virgil, of course, are with us as always. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation from uh, the fire starter I just uh, lit. And But before we do anything, Anthony's going to
3: bless us with a prayer. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunities you've given us today to serve you and to uplift you and to teach others more about your will and your way. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: So when I was cooking up this fire starter, I immediately thought of Anthony and Virgil and Tennessee Harmony because I wanted a biblical perspective on uh, just Biblical leadership, male leadership, male counsel. When I think of ministers, you obviously think about the elders that surround them and advise them. And, and so I'm thinking my thought process is consistent uh, with the way God constructed the church and the way churches are supposed to be run. And, and, and we just live in this time now where uh, we just, if we just add a dash of womanhood to everything, the world's gonna be better. And I just, I think, and I'm open to correction, I think we've gone overboard with that and too far with that and wanted a perspective from men that are heavily involved in the church and men who are married, obviously, Mm -hmm. and I'm not. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, Anthony,
3: get us rolling here, what what do you think? I think it is the pendulum swinging, I think the pendulum you know, swings extremely to either side. So you may look back to say, you know, was there a time where uh, women historically are treated as second class or just overlooked? Perhaps. And so now as a swinging the pendulum back around, it is now we must insert them into spaces. But as it relates to the advice given by them, sure, they can advise. But we have to be consistent with God's word. We have to be consistent wherever our advice comes from. It has to line up with God's word. So that's the the first and foremost. You know, Paul himself even says in 1 Corinthians 11, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So Paul is not saying imitate me because I'm a man, imitate me because I'm an apostle. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. So the ultimate goal is we're all trying to be like Christ. So if your advice is not consistent with God's word, if your input is not consistent with God's word or his way, then I have to overlook that.
2: I, yeah, I, I think the pendulum for me is that it swung to where we've made women priestess in the land. Oh, sure. And yeah. if you don't get their blessing, that's the issue. Yeah. If you don't get their blessing, then you're out of accord, then you're in the wrong. The issue, you know, Proverbs portrays um, uh, wisdom as a woman. So I don't have a problem listening to my wife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm responsible for whatever decision I make related to her wisdom. So if she advises me, I make the decision and maybe the decision even goes south. I'm not blaming my wife. I'm responsible for that decision. The issue is with like Shannon Sharp, you know, they aren't listening to their women uh, for either two, two things are happening either. Um, because a proverb says, do not forsake the law of your mother so that you will not fall into the hands of seductive woman. Mm -hmm. So either their women are not advising them rightly, or they aren't listening to their women because the Shannon Sharp, I mean, you know, he's falling prey to sexual sin. Um, sass, you know, uh, you know, Shannon Sharp, sexual sin might even be bigger, might even be homosexual sin. So, you know, they aren't listening to the wisdom of the women. Because they're falling into that sin. They're falling into that destruction of what wisdom in the Bible, portrayed as a woman, told them to avoid.
0: Mm. Uh, Virgil? Yeah, um, first off, man, it's, it's great to see my, my brother Gabe there uh, with you guys. Love that, brother. Uh, excited to talk about this topic. I, I, I When I think biblically about this, I look at the instruction that, that Paul gives uh, to Titus when he's, he's in, informing him and instructing him that older men have a responsibility uh, to, to, tr- to, to act in a specific way, A, to act in a godly manner, uh, to the point that Anthony made, uh, and to do so in a way that provides instruction uh, to younger men. Uh, you also have uh, the instruction for older women uh, to do the same in a way th- to, to live a God-honoring life so that they can instruct, be an example, and instruct younger women. And the, and, and the instruction Is, is directly connected to the role that they play within the family. Men have a role and a responsibility to lead. Uh, and as a result, all of the instruction is aimed and targeted at what it requires for men to lead. Uh, all of the instruction in Titus 2 for women is an instruction for women to, to, to love their husbands and to, to honor them and to not be given too much wine. And so there's there's great instruction there for, for both male and female based upon the, you know the, their gender, their specific gender. Ultimately, all of it is in an effort to honor God uh, in the way that they were specifically designed. I think the issue really has been, in, in, and uh, Gabe mentioned it with Shannon Sharp and alike. Feminism has so permeated the culture; uh, feminism is the, is is in the very air we breathe, and so it's almost to the point now where we don't recognize that, that that that's that's natural, that that's what's happening. Jason, you're pointing it out, and some people who hear you talk about this are thinking what why's he making a big deal about that like that's not a big deal feminism is so much a part of the culture it's in the air we breathe that that your challenges to those ideas seem to be uh, you know uh, overblown in the minds of many While that's happened in the culture, what's taking place in the church is egalitarianism. We're seeing that in a a big ways with women pastors, women, you know, women taking lead over pulpits and uh, and the like and and the push to to operate and function as men. So women are justified or validated in so much as they're able to act just like men.
2: Um, I I got a follow up here on this. Uh, So, you know, our culture is not listening to the wisdom of Proverbs because of the deep sexual sin that we're in. Um, And and related to this, you can basically draw a straight line between the past sins in the church that started off small and the great sins in our culture and where we're at. So, for example, we had uh, women preaching in church pulpits long before we had them flying fighter fighter uh, planes long before we had them on the front lines of our military Mm -hmm. um you had in 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 my tradition i I grew up in the presbyterian church um and uh, evangelical and been involved in a number of churches in a number of different states but there's a tradition in the evangelical church where mom and dad have real worship over here and the kids go to the basement for kids worship (laughs) and what that means is is we've taught the world on how to think about children uh we think the, the kids need to worship separate from the family. The kids need to go to, you know, basement, you know, fun church while the parents go to real church. Mm. And and what has happened is, is we've taught the world how to think of children as secondary citizens uh, in which is I think you can draw a straight line from that culture and that thought process and, and abortion. We've kicked the kids out of worship and we kick the kids out of mother's womb now. And so we need to, I think, be thought, far more thoughtful in the church about the small sins that we allow to fester and then what that contributes to and the big sins in our culture over time.
1: I want to zero in, because Gabe, you said something very profound to me, and I, you know, I, I use myself as a test dummy for the rest of the audience. That uh, and, and so I would like for any of you, Gabe, Anthony, Virgil, as married men, Gabe's point to me about uh, seeking the advice of women versus seeking the blessing of women. I thought that was very powerful, and I wanted you all to explain, how do you manage that in a marriage, in a relationship? Because I think other men need to hear it that are in marriages, because I do think that is the issue. Because when I was sitting there crafting this, I was thinking about how often I will call my mother, and run something by her. I seek her advice, but I do not seek her blessing. I hadn't thought it through as clearly as Glabe just expressed it, but that is the reality. And and but me not seeking the blessing sometimes causes friction with other women. You know, not my mother or whatever. But that
3: how do you execute that in a marriage? First, it goes back to what Virgil was talking about. You know, in the family, biblically, the husband and the wife both have roles that they have to follow. And all of this is a ministry through which God is uh, imparting his will and his way on the whole world. So he's using marriage as the institution to do that and raising kids, etc. So everybody's got a role. Husband's wife has a role to play. And when you understand that role, as he points out, we'll have discussion, we'll bounce things off. I have my entire lifestyle, my whole entire way of thinking as a man. She has hers as a woman. Those perspectives may differ. It may give me a different perspective on, oh, okay, I see. I didn't think about it that way. Wow, that makes sense. Okay, but we both understand as the leader, as the head of the house, I'm responsible. And so even that plays a role in how the advice comes. Sometimes the advice may be, well, you know, just as a woman, I see it this way, but you understand. Or let's look at how God, you know, God's word lays this out. Okay, I get it. I listen. Okay, But um, that, again, starts back with understanding our roles. It's not a, well, hey, you take the lead this time. That's what happened in the garden. Well, like, hey, you take the lead. Well, whatever you want to do, we'll do it. No, that's not how it operates. It operates according to the roles that God has given us.
2: Well, I think, I think the role thing is very important, but, and, and related to that is the truth of God's word. Absolutely. Like, you know wisdom because you know truth. Sure. If you don't have a definition of what's true, then, then the wisdom, you don't know if it's foolish or if it's, or if it's legit good wisdom. And, and Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 8 Describes what wisdom is wisdom knows how to build foolishness knows how to tear down and in Proverbs chapter uh, 31 Mm -hmm. It it sketches out what a wise industrious woman is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and her primary role is in the house But she's the kind of industrious woman that knows how to buy property that knows how to build a house That knows how to stay up late and take care of her family knows how to wake up early and clothe her family And that's where wisdom comes from from my wife and as she understands her biblical role and, and, the, and the, the cutting with the grain of who she is as a woman of God, um, that's where wisdom comes from. And But all these women out there, all these priests out there in our culture, um, they don't understand Proverbs 31. I don't take their advice. They're, um, you know, I don't know if they're Christians or not. I don't know who, you know, but I, I do know they aren't living out Proverbs 31. So their wisdom or whatever you want to call it is not coming from a standpoint of truth, of, orth, of orthodox, objective truth, and that's where things get crooked if you don't start with that foundation.
3: So you're saying, even in that dynamic, her advice is coming from a space of biblical truth,
2: yeah, and dynamic. that that foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not. Um, it's in, not I'll coming say, from her, you
3: know, emotionalities. That's right. Got gotcha, you. Gotcha.
2: And we talked through that um, in our in our marriage that. Um, uh, you know, we want to um, there's a couple principles that when we as we've kind of grown as a, as a husband and wife over the years that um, We we don't want emotions impacting our decision-making process. So that really does help a lot both of us And um, we're both type a, type a people if you haven't figured that out. We're both um, Emotional people too. So that's one thing But also the other thing is related to this is you don't want walls to build your marriage um, And and little things can creep in and as those walls build it gets harder to listen to each other and so yeah. there's, a, there's a relational dynamic that helps wisdom and, and objective truth be primary in your marriage to be able to sort through, through things better. I, some of the best, I think, decisions that I've made for our, our family over time are the kind of decisions that we've worked through well together. And I've heard her and she makes a good point and I take that point and run with it. But I don't yeah. want to be the kind of husband who makes a decision because I took advice from my wife and it, it doesn't go well. I made this point earlier. I want to flesh it out a little more. Yeah. It doesn't go well. And then I get bitter towards her because she gave me the advice. It's my responsibility, no matter what happens with that decision, to own it, to take all the consequences of it, and to not blame my wife for um, maybe giving me a good piece of advice, but the decision ended up kind
0: of uh, making a mess of
2: some things, if that makes sense. Right. Very
1: good. Makes right. Perfect sense. Very good. Virgil, hop back yeah.
0: in. Yeah, when you when you when you think about what they're saying, it's it's in line biblically. You look at Genesis chapter three at the very beginning and, and the and the first, you know, as man falls in, in into sin, uh, God visits Adam first. It's a it's a matter of hierarchy, who's in charge? It's God man, woman, created order, right? And uh, in, in the environment that we're in, you know, we would include uh, husband, wife, and, and then children is, is, is kind of the order. But what did, what, did, what did God do when he visits Adam in the garden? Uh, he, he, he chastises him, he punishes him. He said, because you listened to your wife, here is the repercussions that you will experience as a result of a falling. And the reason was not because, uh, you know, he didn't listen to her like she gave good advice, but the advice that she was given was not in line with what God's word said from the beginning. So I think Gabe makes a good point and, and, and the men there are, you know, Anthony as well are, are validating that it's it's I'm listening to wisdom in so far as. It aligns with what God's Word says, not emotionalism, right. not you know what, she, what 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 she felt was happening at a specific day or time or or, or 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 cycle in the month. But how does that align with what the Word of God says? And and that's I mean, my wife, the the person that that you marry, my my hope would be for young men who are single that they're choosing a woman on the basis of the fact that. She has demonstrated a consistent ability to uh, live out God's word in her life. Uh, And and that when she's having when you're having conversations uh, with one another, that you are you're growing in in your knowledge of 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 God's word and her ability to, 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 you know, to process that in a way that that, you know, will be of benefit to you in the days to come. People have it out of order. Oh, she she looked good. She fine. She this she that. I, you know, absolutely get all those things in there. But at the end of the day, you've got to make sure that, that she that she's connected to what God's word says, because otherwise it leads to a path of destruction.
1: Yeah, Gabe and Anthony got very lucky on those other those other elements. <laughs> I'll just I it, wanted to put that into the record.
3: I wanted to <laughs> underline uh, what Virgil pointed out there, because he, he had a point that I was going to go through, which is when the scripture says that he listened to her, when when God punishes Adam for listening to her. And this is what Gabe and I were discussing, just bringing this all full circle. That, that, that she gave to Adam is originating from what the enemy has imparted. This, mm-hmm. this, and that's what it is that he's saying, hey, you listened to that. But when you have a wife that is seasoned in the word, that is being led by the spirit of God, what's coming out of her is not originating from her emotion, not originating from what somebody told her, or girl, I think you need to tell him this. No, no, this is coming from God's word. And so now you know in this discussion, man, this, what you shared or the advice you gave, you know what, I need to consider this because this, this, this is coming from God and not necessarily originating from your space.
1: Just because, one, I think it'll be interesting, and two, because you guys are all sports guys, I, I just want you to, to evaluate Shannon Sharp's decision-making to center this gay stylist as a, I honestly believe it's a business decision, that he knows that's the direction the wind was blowing and so, because it was really from out of nowhere. Before, Shannon's reputation hadn't been that way and then out of nowhere, it's like, hey, my gay stylist, he's in every picture with me, we're at Lakers games, and 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 I'm just wondering, did he have any advisors or is it just like, man, this is where the money is, and
3: so I, I'm just. What do you think of that? Just Jason. Jason, we, we got to be real. Okay. Yeah. So you you you're familiar with the black church, and you know how we dress. Right. I'm. I've been around, and I I have a plethora of suits myself. Like, I've known a lot of men who can dress very well that don't need somebody else to put this outfit together for them. <laughs> so so for a man to have a stylist like that, that was just. Anyway, so when I first found out about Shannon's stylist, my thought was like, you don't know how to put it together. Like you don't have, there's no other guy in your circles in the locker room. Hey man, let me show you how to put this thing together. Let me. Like you didn't have that kind of, you had to hire. So that was number one. But then number two, I don't know the industry that way. Do you have to bring your stylist with you to sit courtside in $20,000, as a ritual, yes, I think you do. Well, that's, that's, where, that's, what, that's what was troubling me was like, and then from what, I, from what he just said, he had a stylist before this that was a female. Did we see this lady at the courtside at Lakers? So that's where I'm like, this whole thing, problematic. You asked the simple question. What were my thoughts? Problematic from a, from a dynamic of if this is what you're trying to portray. I do see it as a chess move to who I hire, who I surround myself with, communicates my thoughts and perspectives on life. So if I have somebody in my, who's close to me, who is, hey, we're day ones, and what doesn't need to be said, doesn't need to be explained, all this kind of stuff, that's that person, you're communicating something.
2: Well, and I think Shannon admitted himself, he cared about money and prestige. Yeah. And so he's tipping the hat by doing whatever he's doing. I don't know if it's he's getting advice to do this or it doesn't matter to me. What he's doing is he's tipping his hat to the priestess culture that we've been talking about. He wants their blessing. He knows that in in their house and in their blessing is money Mm -hmm. and prestige. But what Proverbs says that that door is in the end is death. Yes. And that's where that's where Shannon's going if he doesn't repent and if he doesn't change, and if he doesn't seek, you know, um, God and all this. So yeah. uh, Shannon, um, I think is a, is a quintessential example of what it means to not seek biblical wisdom and what it means to go after this worldly wisdom. Mm-hmm. And it, it might um, look like it's paying off in the moment, but in the end, what he's doing is, is death.
0: Mm. Virgil? Yeah. this is this is a this is an absolute train wreck mess on so many levels. Uh, first of all, an, an an effeminate male is is a is a is a non-star. That's a non sequitur. That that is that is it's destruction. Uh, it is it is the opposite of of the social order, right? A, a man who is. Feminine to the point where he's willing to openly admit that he's interested in, in something sexual with with someone of the same gender. That, that, that's absolutely uh, a non-starter And so, you know, for t- it, it's one thing for uh, for Shannon to have this person dressing him. I mean, I, I wouldn't. That's his call. More, more power to him. But to parade him in a way, I think, Jason, you nailed it, to uh, signal it's a virtue signal to the rest of culture. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, if, if the sacrifice that I have to make at the altar of the LGBTQIA plus uh, agenda is is to have my uh, you know, gay uh, stylist sit next to me, then then here's that sacrifice I'm willing to make. So as long as it don't affect my, 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 my money, you know, that is what he said. Uh, he's he's willing to do that, and so he's telling you that he's that he's bowing down to the to the God of Mammon. Uh, he's bowing down to the at, at the altar of the LGBTQ plus uh, alphabet mafia, as as you call them, uh, in order to in order to receive it. And so he's he's checking all the boxes. It goes back to what Gabe was saying.
2: Well, and and, and here's the deal. I don't have a problem a gay dude cutting my hair in the barbershop. Like like that's not the issue. The issue is. Are you being like Christ in this? You look at the gospels and whenever Jesus came up against, you know, the leprous person or the prostitute or the tax collector, what happened? Well, the leper got healed. Leprosy didn't get on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, The leper got healed. The adulteress repented. The prostitute repented. The tax collector, you know, Jesus got on them. And so you look at Shannon is like, who's getting on who here? (laughs) The Lep- leprosy's all over Shannon. That's what's happening. <laughs> those keep getting tighter and tighter. That's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I remember him from back in the day. And you see the culture that he's been inculcating over time. He's getting more leprous, not less.
1: Great point. I want to segue and bring in another sports topic. Anthony, I know you're enjoying this. Anthony loves to talk sports. Uh, C.J. Stroud. Oh, Houston man. Texans quarterback. Man, this guy, you know... The Mike Todd of quarterbacks, Virgil, uh, no. had, me all, <laughs>
2: had
1: me all excited, and oh my God, he's praising Jesus after every game. This is awesome, C.J. Stroud. He's gonna win it all. He's gonna upset Baltimore, whoever. I can't remember how excited I was, and and <clears throat> and look, the brother, he's young, and so I'm still, I'm rooting for him. I'm still with him, but I was shocked that he. I was shocked. He's leaving a celebrity game with Amber Rose, Mm -hmm. Mm 40-year-old, very loose, like a poor man's Kim Kardashian. Okay. (laughs) And the week before, a few days earlier, he was at the Super Bowl in the Kardashian suite. Mm -hmm. And I just like, brother, how? Mm -hmm. don't. I, I this is and again this may not be the right feeling. This is where I want y'all to correct me. But I was like, j- just leave Jesus out of your name. If this is what you're gonna do, <laughs> j- just stop it. And and just because you're just sending out too many mixed signals, it, it upset me and I was disappointed. But it, the guy's young. I've
3: been there. Uh, so he, so you were you were back there on hey he's putting out the right message. He was he was just as young then. I. I know, but I thought, anybody, if you're wearing it on your, I'm talking, when I wear it on my sleeve,
1: it cleans me up. It it pulled me out of the strip club. Let me correct it. It held you accountable.
3: Yes. You're you're not wearing it on your sleeve, you're wearing it on your heart. And that's the difference. If this is trying to come from the outside in, it will do that. If it's coming from the inside out, then my thought process changes. All of this, that's, that's what it really is. It's a change of heart, not a change of clothes. So... I was saying back then, not that I cast the guy out. I was saying back then he's saying the right things, but my advice is I would rather you live it out because your actions always speak louder than your words. And here we are sometime later, we're seeing the actions. And I mean, you know, there's something with the young in the, the younger generation and the reach to celebrity status. Like there's that right there sends a message. So there are some people that you can't be around because they're just so uh, elevated in the celebrity status. And when you can show, hey, I was in the room, then that communicates to the rest of the guys, oh, he must be somebody. So sitting with the Kardashians, that sent a message. Amber Rose, this was the, the reason that I was given. The reason that he is, has her in the car is, hey, we're leaving a celebrity game. Her ride left, she needed a ride. CJ, you're the Uber driver now? (laughs) Like, come on, man, come on, come on, come on. Let's be wise, let's think it through. You say young, and the only reason I push back against that is I was young in the gospel. I was young in the church. And for me, that excuse was not there as it relates to right and wrong. If you know right and wrong at 12, at 15 or whatnot, then the we got to put the youth side out of it let's just give him some biblical truth
2: yeah and, and and you know wisdom's justified by her by her fruit come on with wisdom and yeah, I, we don't know the details of their relationship so i don't sure. know if they're fornicating or not We don't know um uh but again like am i rubbing off and what kind of relationship is this am i rubbing off on amber is she starting to go to church is she repenting of her sins
3: he was just the Uber driver
2: though. Yeah, he just it, needed a ride. Well, again, if, if I'm sitting with the Kardashians, they're gonna know I'm a Christian. They're gonna know that I'm gonna rub off on them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about your crazy dad. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about your relationship and divorces. And, and you know, uh, it, of course, given the kind of access and you know, time and, and relationship, but I'm, I'm going one direction in that relationship. And if you don't wanna hang out with me, that's cool but I'm going to give you Jesus and I'm going to talk to you about the reality of what's going on with you in this world. Are you going to repent? Are you going to end up in heaven or are you going to go to hell and continue this lifestyle? So is CJ, um, uh, rubbing off on Amber? Is it, is, or is the leprosy going to get on him? That's, uh, you'll see that you will see that by wisdom's justified by her fruit and what kind of fruit CJ bears this next season.
0: Mm-hmm. Birds. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I, 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 saw when you tweeted this out, uh, I, 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 I you know, probably proclaim that my my commentary is well founded. It it's actually aging well uh, in this instance. <laughs> you said and it so, aged well, Virgil. <laughs> it aged it age well. It's aging well. No, I, my and again, I I uh, tongue in cheek with regard to that. I, I'm not ready to throw uh, C.J. Stroud out. My first thought is like, where is this pastor? Like, what church does he attend? Uh, where's this yeah. pastor who, who's the elder that's in his life. That's saying like when, 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 I do stuff or, or did stuff out and, uh, out in the culture, whether it was ministry or otherwise, there was always an elder or somebody at my church that I'd say, Hey, watch what I'm doing. And if you see me you know, doing something that's sideways, pull my coattail on it and let me know what I, what I need to do. Right. I'm hopeful uh, that there's a, a solid church that he's attending where someone could pull him aside and say, Hey, that probably wasn't the best look. You know, here's what you want to do: have a couple of men with you. You know, get her an Uber and pay for that if you want to do that. But you know, you, you need to avoid the appearance, even the appearance uh, of of any kind of evil. Given a your profile and b who you claim you represent in in this way, um, on the back end of it, my thought is if he's attending some, you know, so, some of the churches that that like we have here in Atlanta, uh, there's probably probably pastors encouraging him, saying, "Hey, way to go, man!" and uh, keep on keeping on. And, and mm-hmm. so uh, I, I'm just thinking about who who who's around him. It goes back to what, what you you know, wh- where we where we started. Who are the men who are around him, the older men who are mm-hmm. around him, uh, whether whether, uh, you know, guys that he's discipling with one on or, one or elders at his church who are instructing him as a young man uh, how to navigate uh, the, you know, the, the, the life that he's involved in right now.
2: Wisdom is found in a multitude of counselors. Proverbs mm-hmm. says that. Yeah. You
0: know,
2: that's, that's what Virgil's, Virgil's saying. So uh, I think... Expound on that. Uh, uh, found in a multitude of... Counselors. Counselors, mm-hmm. counselors yeah. Yep. And so... so I keep mean, a big group of counselors. Of wise thinking. guys around. Yeah. And I mean, I'd, you know, depending on the situation there too, I'd encourage to have a friend with me if I'm going to hang out with Amber for a little bit, get to know her. Um, a, you know, godly Christian friend who can hold me accountable and who can mm-hmm. be there. So um, I, I'm going to you want to be as wise as you can and put yourselves in those situations. And in Proverbs, it describes a young man who walks down this dark alley
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he's saying he's being foolish already because he's walking down this dark alley. And at the end of that dark alley is a woman who's going to seduce him. And so you could put yourselves in situations that are foolish that are going to lead to bigger and bigger sin. And so, uh, I mean, you know, there's a lot of context that we don't know about with CJ, but to me that's what it looks like is he's starting to walk down this dark alley. And at the end of that, and every, every seduction, every, um, uh, every time a man gives himself over to a seductress woman, he's slowly reducing himself, as Proverbs says, to a crust of bread. Mm. And so you'll see the fruit wisdom is justified by fruit. You'll see if CJ is being faithful in this or not over the next year, over the next two years, is his soul being reduced to a crust of bread. And you'll, you'll see that living out in his life. Yeah.
3: Paul, says, Paul says that no temptation has overtaken you such is common to man, but God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. That's right. So when I look at this situation, and I advise our young men about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Let's say, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he's a really good hearted person and he sees a woman who needs a ride. Man, hey, I got a car. Hey, you can, you can ride. In this dynamic and given her status, and her appearance, I can call you a ride. I got you. There'll be one waiting out there for you. It keeps you pure. You're able to do this good deed that you're trying to help with and that keeps everything, that, that's where wisdom comes in. But when you, as he points out, as you walk down this road of temptation, you may have all the good intentions of the world, but. Evil communications corrupt good morals. When you're around that, it makes it worse. I'm going to go to Virgil's point about feminism, though, and and
1: how he may not even understand that the feminist mindset has infected him in terms of he may, in his mind, he may have just, well, she's just like any dude I would have given a ride home Okay, to. yeah. You know, we're equals and we're, you know, I don't have to play a different role with I don't have to treat her any different than I would a man. And so if a 40-year-old man needed a ride home and we were staying at the same hotel because Mm. we were at the celebrity game, what, that's how that feminist mindset and you don't don't see any different. That's why they're trying to change everything to androgynous and men and women, they're all interchangeable. All you gotta do is change what you call your pronouns and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think it connects very well to the point Virgil was making earlier, but Gabe. uh,
2: Yeah, I think um, you know, I think one of the reasons why Tim Tebow was so repulsive to the NFL was because he wasn't letting the leprosy get on him. He might have had a wobbly pass, wobbly release. But I think the real issue was like Tim wasn't letting the NFL rub off on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, you can tip your hat to American Jesus in the NFL. Was CJ doing yes. that? I don't know. Was he actually tipping his hat to the real Jesus, real Lord and Savior, the real God who changed everything? Gotcha. Um, but you could tip your hat to this American Jesus and everyone's cool with it. Uh, and who's the American Jesus? What do you mean by that? A Jesus that's non-offensive and that everyone can basically say he was he a good guy. Oh, the he gets the us guy. Yeah, the he gets us stuff. That's <laughs> yeah. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so you could tip your hat to the he gets us Jesus yes. uh, and everyone would be fine with it. But what if, what if CJ said, um, I think we need to end abortion in our nation? Oh, all, all of a sudden. Oh, you, you you tipped your hat to the real Lord, Lord and Savior of the Bible. Right. And that's not that's not OK. So I don't know if, if uh, uh, CJ is tipping his hat to the American Jesus or the real Jesus. And I would want to run a play in the NFL. If I was CJ Stroud or a, a, a quarterback for the America's team, like the Cowboys, maybe oh um, I would uh, I would try to run a play in such a way where everyone knew that I was um, uh, standing on the word of God and the truth of God's word and who Jesus really is on this Mm -hmm. earth. And I would try to do something like that. Like, like, you know, say we need an abortion in this land and see where the chips fall on that.
1: Take mm-hmm. a knee until they end abortion? Well, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. exactly. Exactly
2: right. <laughs> absolutely. You know, or, or take... Oh, my God. Someone
1: kneeling during the National Anthem until they end abortion. That's right. Amen. Hands yeah. would explode. Yep. Yes. yes. It would put them in checkmate, because how right. could they complain? Oh, yeah. oh Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well,
2: well, then you then you also pull the card that, hey, 20 million black babies have been killed to abortion that in our absolutely. land. I'm doing this for the black children. Absolutely. Wow. Mm. Great play.
1: Uh, game. Good job. Very good. good. Good job. You had a little spice uh, to our Wednesday discussion. That was awesome. Uh, Chuck Knox. Do I get his job? Gabe put some pressure on you, bro. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Gabe, I hope we see you at Roll Call, and I hope we see every man at Roll Call this year. Every year, our culture seems to sink deeper and deeper in the quicksand of hopelessness and despair. Our moral compass no longer automatically points to the true north of the truth and godliness, but to more of the chaos of sin and doubt. It's time for men of this country to rise up and put on the full armor of God so they can be leaders he's called them to be and take a stand against the evil forces destroying us. Godly men need to meet together and encourage one another toward love and good deeds as it says in Hebrews, and that's what has inspired me to organize an event that we call the Fearless Army Roll Call, Roll Call 2.0. is brought to you this year by Preborn, and it's an all-day event in Nashville, Tennessee on June 1st that will bring these men together under a united banner of godliness and responsibility. At this conference, you'll hear speeches from myself, several special guests. Come have your heart and mind filled with messages that God wants you to hear. Share our fellowship and come fellowship with us Right here with fellow Christians, go to fearlessarmyrollcall.com to reserve your spot today. Uh, This event is sponsored by Preborn, fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Special rates for you, church leaders and ministers that want to bring a group from your town. We got some discounted rates for you. Uh, We got hotel information on the website. Uh, Guys, uh, that's it and that's all for us. We'll queue up some harmony and we'll see you tomorrow.
2: So divided, stop fighting and stand tall. We
3: used to be a nation, one united. Now we're headed for a downfall. God, let Your light shine down. What we need more than anything.
0: To tell us Cause together we're so much stronger God let your light shine down.